We'll begin this morning uh, in the book of Judges, chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 is after Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt 40 years in the wilderness. Moses died, Aaron died, and Joshua took them into the promised land. And after they took over the land of Canaan and it became the land of Israel, we pick up in Judges chapter 2. And verse 6, and here Joshua is talking to the people of Israel, and then he dismisses them. And it says, chapter 2 and verse 6, And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went each to his own land, his own inheritance to possess the land. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done. For Israel. Verse 10. And when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor walk, nor work, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and, and served Baal. So a false god. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods, from whom the, from among the gods of the people who are all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who spoiled them, and he sold them into all the hands of all their enemies around they could no longer stand before the enemies, their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said to them, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them, and they turned quickly from the way in which our, their fathers walked, in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies in all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning and because of those who pressed and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. In the book of Judges, this is pretty much the story of the whole book of Judges. And we'll look at some more examples that bear that out as we go along. But the book of Judges is about people, many people, who did not know the Lord. But this is, a, this is an example of our nat- the natural man, human nature that doesn't know God, and that 
only reaches out to God when all else fails. In the world, they have a saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. And what that means is that in times of war, a foxhole, they dig foxholes to get out from under enemy fire. And when you're down in that hole and people are shooting over your head and you're, you're facing death, life and death are, are fate you're confronted with, that's what they say. There's no, everybody calls on God when they're up neck and when they're faced with death, you know. There's no atheists in foxholes. And so, you see that was the story, and that is the story of Israel during the book of Judges, that they did whatever they, whatever they thought. Two places in the book of Judges, in Judges uh, 17.6 and 21.25, which is the last verse of the book of Judges, it says the same thing. At that time, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. People leaning on their own understanding, doing what they think is right instead of the counsel and the guidance and the commandments of God. And as you see in the book of Judges, that God telling them to do certain things was for their good. Because when they left God, they weren't able to stand before their enemies. They weren't able, everything just went wrong for them. And that's the way it is, you know, when you look through the book of Judges, like I said, we're going to read some examples of when they left God, and it says they served other gods. Now, there's a message in here for the Christian, but for most people who profess Christ, they don't bow down to other gods. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're following the way of the world, the Apostle John said, we are of God, but the whole world is under the influence of the evil one. Jesus referred to Satan as the God, small g, God of this world. You are following another God. If you're being, if you're follow, if you're being influenced and under the influence of the way of the world. And that's where the Christian has to pay more earnest attention to the things that they've heard. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he who follows me, not just professes me, but he who follows me will not be in darkness, but have the light of life. There's a difference between professing something. The children of Israel profess to be the people of God. The Pharisees profess to be the children of Abraham. John the Baptist said, don't say among yourselves that you're to those people. He said, don't say among yourselves that uh, we are the children of Abraham. For God is able these stones to raise up children to Abraham. He said, but let everyone bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. And the message, as you see being acted out through the book of Acts, that following the Lord and the commandments of the Lord were for the safety of the people of God. It was for their protection. It was a light in the darkness for them. And you see, every time they turn away from it, every time they turn away from God's way, 
Every time they reject him and follow other gods, if we follow our flesh, if we follow the world and the way of the world, we're doing the same thing. And the same warnings are there. I remember as a kid going to church, hearing about God in a certain way, according to the religion I was raised in. And I remember that I would talk to God as I understood Him at that time. And like, you know, it was usually, God, if you do this for me, then I'll do, I'll do this and that for you. <laughs> uh, like I was doing God favors, you know. If I obeyed Him, I was doing Him a favor. And you say, well, that's kind of foolish, but you know, that's the way of the world. You hear Jacob say the same thing when he talks with God. He says, Lord, if you bring me back safely and give me food and everything else, he says, then you, I, uh, uh, I will serve you and you will be my God. Well, gee, thanks, Jacob. <laughs> uh, but Jacob's understanding of God, he was a young man then and he was on his way. To uh, away from his father's house to his, who would be eventually become his father-in-law's house, but uh, God did take care of him. But unfortunately, a lot of times for human nature, it's all about, you know, God, I'll do this. I'll obey you if you do this for me. And that is not the new covenant. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is in believing the message that God gave concerning His Son. And then by faith responding to it. And conf conf confessing with our mouth, Jesus, Lord, our Lord. Confessing Him as our Lord and believing in our hearts. This message that God raised him from the dead. And then submission. The Holy Spirit teaches us submission to our Lord. And submission to the Lordship of Jesus is for our good. Not for God's good, it's for us. Submission to Him is for our protection, for our safety, for our well-being, for our good. The nearness of God is our good. It's not his good, it's our for us, it's for our good. So, Israel didn't get it. They didn't know God, and they kept on rejecting his ways. So we go to chapter 3, and verse 5 of Judges. We're going to go through several examples in Judges. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives, and gave their daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. This was directly against the commandment of the Lord from the law of Moses. That you shall not intermarry with these nations. As it says to us that we should have no fellowship 
with unbelievers. What fellowship does light have with darkness? That's what the Word of God says. And God warned them in the, in the law of Moses that if they did have fellowship, and if they did intermarry, and if they did have fellowship with the, those who were serving other gods, the people of the world, that it would be a stumbling block to them, and it would be a bad influence to them. If you need a, a clear example of that, there's no clearer example than the man Solomon, son of David, who became king. And it says he was the wisest man of all the, all the men who've ever lived. You know, had God had given him such great wisdom. And yet, because he married foreign wives and ignored the law of Moses, just like the children of Israel did here, this, Solomon was after this, long after this, but it says that his, his wives, his, his foreign wives, who served other gods, turned his heart away from the Lord. And so because they ignored the word of God here in the book of Judges, it turned their hearts away, and they served the gods of, their, of, of, of those who were in darkness and following other gods. Verse 7, So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Christian Rithiam, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cushan Ritham eight years. And when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel, who delivered them, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel, went out to war, and the Lord delivered Cushan Ritham, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over him. Verse 11, so the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. So they had rest for 40 years. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And so... Verse 14, So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, eighteen years. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. And by him the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon. So eventually he assassinated the, uh, the king of Moab, and, and, and they were delivered. You know, this is an example of human nature. You know, when things get really bad and they're under great oppression, then they cry out to the Lord. I haven't served the Lord all this time. And all of a sudden, but you see the same cycle keep on happening over and over again. That's, that's the whole story of the book of Judges, in a nutshell. That things get really bad and because they're serving other gods, they're doing evil and all this other stuff, and then it gets so bad and they're enslaved, and they're in bondage, and, and it's like, woe is me, and then, at long last, then they cry out to the Lord. And the Lord sent a deliverer, and then they stop serving other gods while this judge is alive, and then after the judge dies, back to the same old thing. Back on the, back on the merry-go-round again of doing, doing evil again, and serving other gods. And, and you know, 
why the reason why I say this is human nature because this is the way we naturally are without the spirit of God's intervention this is the way we naturally are that we will do that which is right in our own eyes until things get really bad and then you know if we're wise and we call out on the Lord the Lord helps us and then we're thankful and then we begin to take God for granted. We take care for, for granted the food he gives us. We take for granted the job he gives us. We take for granted the safety that we've enjoyed. We take for granted a lot of things. And we're not thankful. We don't walk a holy life. And then all of a sudden, you know, something, so, you know, a string of, uh, of, of tribulation comes. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, God, help me again and everything. And that's the way we naturally are. But the Holy Spirit teaches us a new and living way. That we live in a way that we are abiding in Jesus. Jesus says, he who does not abide in me, that branch begins to wither. We can wither in our walk with God. And shrivel up and dry up. We're not abiding in Christ. How do I know whether I'm abiding in Christ? Jesus says, if you love one another, you shall abide in me. You'll be abiding in me. Love one another as I love you, so shall you be my disciples. That's just all over. It's what's going on inside of us. If we hate others, we're walking in darkness. If we hate our enemies, we're walking in darkness. If we hate those who have wronged us, we're not abiding in the vine. We're not following Christ. We're letting stuff become between us and the Lord. And it causes us to begin to wither in our relationship with Him. Uh, Judges 4.1 When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Ehud was the judge that delivered them. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harish Goyim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. 20 years of harsh oppression before they finally call out to the Lord. If we walk in the flesh, if we do what's right in our own eyes and follow our human nature, we come under the influence of the enemy, and we will be oppressed. Whether we profess to be a Christian or not, whether we believe this message or not, that's the truth. We can bring, if we're a Christian and we and we walk in our own, in, in this, in our, you know, do that which is right in our own eyes instead of which is right in God's eyes, we will be oppressed by the enemy. And when are we delivered? We come back. We come back to the Lord and humble ourselves. And accept his way instead of our own stubborn way.
And we can be very stubborn. And that is the message for the Christian for the book of Judges. God's way, following the Lord's will or our own will, doing that which is right in our own eyes is our own will. That's being self-willed. Doing that which is right in our own eyes. And a lot of it has to do with the attitude of our heart. It starts in the heart. It has to do with our attitude towards others. Love one another as I have loved you. So shall you be my followers, my disciples. And Jesus said, he who follows me will not be in darkness. We won't be in bondage. We won't be oppressed by the enemy. We'll be delivered. We'll be free. Uh, chapter 5, verse 31. The very end of verse 31 says, So the land had rest for forty years, that was under deliverance of Deborah and Barak. Verse, chapter 6 and verse 1, Then the children of Israel did evil, in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. And it was whenever Israel had planted, the Midianites would come up. The Malachites and people of the east would come up. And they would encamp against them and destroy the, the food of the earth, or the produce of the earth, as far as Gaza. And leave no food for Israel, nor sheep, or ox, or donkey. And they would come into the land to destroy it. Verse 6, so Israel is greatly impoverished. That means they were very poor. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, because the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. Now listen to God. We're not listening to the Spirit of God and the way it's leading us. It leads to spiritual poverty. It leads to a place where we feel like God is a million miles away. And that we don't know how to connect with God. And we lose hope in God's way. And we become as dry as a desert spiritually. And this is how it happens. And you see God keep on giving the people of Israel rest. And they take that rest for granted. He gives them peace in their heart. They take it for granted. It's very easy for us to take for granted the blessings of God. When God answers one prayer, we're not so thankful because here comes the next problem. And here's the other problem that hasn't been answered yet. Here's the other thing that God didn't answer yet. And we begin to forget. You know, that's why we sing that song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Because we can very easily forget all that God has done for us and all the help He helps us with. 
and how he gives us food and water, and how he gives us all the help that he does give us. We don't we take it for granted because we're looking for what hasn't been done yet, and not appreciating what has been done. Hmm. My eyes look up under the hills, the book of Psalms says. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. But we begin to lose hope in that. We don't listen to him. We don't follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Our hope begins to dwindle. And so that's why God sent this prophet to confront them about their full, the foolishness of their hearts and the way they were living. And they were in the sway of the gods around them, under the influence. And here's the children of God. God told Joshua and Moses and all the children of Israel, no one will be able to stand before you all your days if you follow me. And what are they doing? The children of Israel are, are, are hiding themselves in dens and in caves and in rocks. And they can't stand before their enemies. We will not be able to stand under the influence of Satan. Under the influence of the enemy. And the influence of worldly temptation. Lest we follow Christ. Remember, it's not those who profess Christ that will not be in darkness. It's those who follow Christ that will not be in darkness, will not be influenced by the evil, but have the light of life. We have light as we follow Christ, as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Chapter 8. Judges, after the deliverance of Gideon with with the, the against the Midianites, that they they pleaded for God to deliver them. God delivered was them, and so it was as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel began playing the harlot with Baal, and made Baal Barith their god. Thus the children of God of Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They took it for granted. God's deliverance. God's peace. God's help. He answered their prayers. And they went back to being under the influence of the world. The influence of the flesh. They forgot what God had done for them. That God had answered their prayer. Is this beginning to sound like a familiar theme? Like I said, this is the story of the book of Judges. We can forget, above everything else, God's love for us in sending His Son to give His life for us and delivering us from the bondage of sin, from the fear of death, from all that the enemy had bound us in. We can forget the goodness of God toward us. That it was the goodness of God that led us to repent. We didn't repent because we were great, because we were good, or even because we were okay. 
For the Bible says, while we're yet sinners, breakers of God's law, while we were still sinners, Christ died for ungodly. And he called the ungodly to himself through the blood of his son to forgive sin. It was through the de deliverance of the blood of Jesus and God's goodness toward us that he called us. We're not good on our own. The only goodness we have is the goodness that comes through following Christ and being converted. In chapter 10, So there was more deliverances, and then after that, in verse 6 in chapter 10, then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served other gods. Verse 7 says that he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the hands of the people of Ammon. Verse 8, for they that year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel. Verse 9, Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin, against the Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have both forsaken our God and served Baal. So the Lord said, said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, from the Amorites, from the people of Ammon, from the Philistines? The Sidonians, Amalekites, Mayanites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you still have forsaken me and serve other gods. Therefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods whom you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your distress. So God finally had enough, and he says, Look, you keep on going back to serving all these other gods who are not God at all. They're demons. He says, if you're going to just keep on serving, let them deliver you. See, see, let them help you. Of course, they were no help to them. And verse 15, And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And, the, and his soul, God's soul, could no longer endure the misery of Israel. And so there was another deliverance. Chapter 13, after this deliverance, chapter 13 and verse 1, again the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. You can practically read it, practically recite it without even reading it. It's the same thing again. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. And God sent deliverance through Samson. You know, all know who Samson was. And so, you know, say, and it just continued. They kept on, even, this isn't the end of them turning away from God. This became pretty much the history of Israel to this very day. When God sent his son, they rejected his son. And God says, I have seen this people, they are stubborn and stiff-necked people. That when God sent his own son, after they rejected the prophets and kept on going back, 
They were still stubborn, and then when God sent His Son, they didn't respect His Son. They murdered His Son. And we see Israel in unbelief. Finally, we go to the Gospel of John. As we look in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, and we go to chapter 8 in the Gospel of John, after it talks about, uh, I am the light of the world, he who follows me shall not be in darkness, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Later on in that same chapter, chapter 8 and verse 30, Jesus says, And he spoke these words, and many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus didn't say this to unbelievers. It's very important to understand this. Jesus said that to those who believed in him. I'll read it again. Verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, my followers indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, if you stay in my word, if you remain in my word, if you continue in my word, they all mean the same thing. It's all you can, It can be translated to any of those words. And they all are saying the same thing. Abide means to live in. or you know, They call a house in a boat. Abide is to remain in. It's a, it's a place you stay at. If you stay in my word, if you continue in my word, You are my disciples. You are my followers for real. You really are following me, Jesus is saying. If you continue in what I'm saying, then you really are following me. There's a modern way to translate that. If you're really following me, if you stay in my word, you're really following me. And remember, following him, as we read earlier, is how we escape darkness and have got the light of the light of life, God's light. By following Christ, being his disciple, being his follower. God is not just somebody. I remember when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I had a, a rock album, and it was very critical of the Sunday Christian. The Sunday Christian is somebody who acts religious when he goes to church, and the rest of the week he pretty much does everything that's right in his own eyes. Like in the book of Judges. And in that that singer says in that song that he that he wrote, he says, God is not just somebody you wind up on Sundays. Or like a wind up toy. It's not just somebody it's not just some something that we're about on Sundays. On Sunday we can come to church and act like super Christian. But who are we for the rest of the week? we continue in Jesus during the week? Are we continuing in Jesus 
and not just hearing a message and then doing what's right in our own eyes. <clears throat> Maybe it'll last till Sunday night, but by Monday it's slipping away by Tuesday. You know, it's getting a little darker by Wednesday. We're doing that, which is right in our own eyes. Is that the way life is? That's not the life of Christ. That's not the life of the Christian. That's not those who are abiding in Christ. If we're encouraged by Sunday, but withering by Wednesday, we're not abiding in Christ. Verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed, or free for real. You're really free. If Jesus makes you free, you're really free. And how do we get free? By continuing in the word of Jesus. And following him. Say, well, isn't that being saved by our own works? No. It's following the instructions of our Lord and Savior. Who we profess to be our Lord and Savior. It's following Him. He's made a way for us to follow Him. We can't follow Him without being saved. And then when we believe in Christ, He says, if you, He says to us who believe in Him, if you continue with me, you are really my followers. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And if you're free, you're free for real. You're free from what? That's what these people ask Jesus. We're not slaves, we're free people. We're children of Abraham. And Jesus said, whoever serves sin, whoever sins is the servant of sin. If we walk in the flesh, we're, we're, we're enslaved. And we become oppressed, just like in the book of Judges. The chains come on. The whip comes out. And we're under the influence of the evil one. We're being influenced by the world. And our life is miserable. We may enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but there's an awful cost involved. Just like the children of Israel enjoyed doing things that were right in their own eyes for a while, but then there was a day of accountability, a day of reckoning. For their rebellion. If we continue in Christ, we are his followers. If we continue in his word, we are really his following him. And he'll make us free. Free from what? Free from the fear of death. Free from continuing in sin in the way of the world. Freedom from the influence of the devil. Freedom from confusion. Freedom from fear. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from hopelessness. Freedom from hardness of heart. And we might say, well, I'm still experiencing some of that. Well, 
whatever much we allow ourselves to be influenced, you know, by the enemy, by the world, to that much we're going to be oppressed by it. We're going to be influenced by it. It's going to control us to some degree. So it's very important not to ride on the fence. It's very important to be all in in Christ. To sell all and follow after Him. The pearl of great price. To treasure in the field. To give everything and to follow Him. To abide in Him. Let's have a few more thoughts. In John chapter 10. A few more thoughts on there, and then we'll be—I'll be done my part. It says in verse one, John ten one. This is about the good shepherd. Surely I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, but by by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. They don't follow a stranger. They don't follow the enemy. They follow the voice of the shepherd. Jesus said, these are who are really his sheep. These are the ones who hear his voice. It says, he's leading them and they follow them. The voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of God. Jesus said, that's who his sheep are. Those are the ones who aren't walking in darkness. Those are the ones who are free. And there's no mistaking that. Why? Because God is letting forth His Word, and those who follow it are His sheep. A sheep, sheep follow their shepherd. It's the way it is. He who follows me will not be in darkness. If you continue in his word, you're his followers indeed. And we'll be free. <clears throat> Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. There's a good shepherd, and then there's a thief. Jesus, in the parable of the sower and the soil, compared the devil to the, to the, to the, to the thief. 
Jesus said the first soil is those who hear the word, but then the enemy comes and steals the word out of their hearts. The thief robs them. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer. He's a thief. And that's what happens when we're under the influence of the world. And we're not abiding in Christ. And that we're not continuing in the word of the Lord. We're not continuing in Jesus and following Jesus. We, 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 we find ourselves being robbed. Robbed spiritually. We become spiritually poor. I am the verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Why? They're a sheep. They're following him. They're not in darkness. There's a connection between who we follow and who we belong to. If we abide in him, if we follow him, if we continue in his word, we'll be free. We'll have eternal life. It is the message of deliverance and freedom. It is a message of truth about life. Is God just our helper when, when we are in bad shape? And there's nowhere else to turn? There's no other help? Then we turn to God? Well, that's what we should do. But that's not where it should begin and end. That's where it should begin. We come to the Lord... To be a very present help in our time of need. But then we shouldn't forget God. And take it all for granted. When he answers our prayer. When he helps us. This is something. That Jesus calls us. To remain in. To continue in a relationship with him. To have a relationship with him. Not just to be. You know. Our helper when nothing else works or when we uh, when we're at the end of our rope oh he should be our helper then in, in those times yes but he's calling us to walk with him to live with him to have a relationship with him not just uh, Uh, you know, to help when nothing else works. It's a big difference. The book of Judges, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And then they suffered the consequences for it. And then they would call out to God. God would help them. And they would forget. And from generation to generation, just keep on backsliding and going back to the wrong way. <clears throat> 
And there was a continual cycle of that happening throughout hundreds of years. From generation to generation, most of them never learned. Stubborn and stiff-necked people. But we're not talking about them, we're talking about us. We can't fix them, that's a long time ago. But we can learn something from what they went through. Not to just be riding the roller coaster of, you know, God's helping us and we're feeling great and then problems, you know, and just up and down as in our spiritual life and being in poverty and then just crying out to God and He helps us and then we do our own thing and do that which is right in our own eyes until we can't take it anymore and then we come back to God and just ride in the waves. That's not life in Christ. That's the book of Judges. Doing what we doing our own will until doing our own will until our own will, you know, we begin to reap what we've sown and then you know, we call on the Lord and He helps us. We feel better, we take it for granted and then go back to doing our own will again. Not life in Jesus. There should be consistency. A consistent walk with him. Not, Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Dan, I'm going to...